He mentally invented the electric toothbrush but never bothered to build one, Medicare expert Doug Jones. The Medicare podcast that never wears a tie. He knows there's nothing post about post-nasal drip. It's Medicare expert Doug Jones. Hello, everybody. Welcome to another episode of the Medicare for the Lazy Man podcast. As you heard Drew McMillan say, I am your Medicare expert, Doug Jones, and I'm going to be with you as long as you need a Medicare expert. I'm here to help you feel good about that transition you're facing from Obamacare to Medicare. It's going to be a big step up in in most people's lives. It's going to be increasing the protection that your insurance, your health insurance will provide for you. And it's going to probably be reducing the cost of that health insurance. Uh, Obamacare is just a travesty of justice that includes all kinds of things like maternity coverage for women in their 80s and so forth and so on. But uh, um, it's not that way so far with Medicare. Medicare, surprisingly enough, makes a lot more sense than the concoction that uh, the uh, uh, Obamacare came to be when it was created back in uh, the uh, early part of the aughts. No, the late part of the aughts, I guess, the early part of the 21st century. Anyway, we are here because I wrote a book called Medicare for the Lazy Man. The 2022 edition is out right now. It's got big green numbers across the cover. And when you go to either barnesandnoble.com or amazon.com, that's the issue you're going to get. And then you're going to be faced with a choice. You're going to face the option of getting a uh, paperback version, which is about $8, a hardcover version, which I always recommend if you heard a doorbell there that's the ups guy bringing something to uh to the door they stopped ringing the doorbell when they uh arrive so for a long time i think most of 2022 the uh ups delivery guys and the other ones uh, amazon people have stopped ringing the doorbell and this guy just rang the doorbell so i'm thinking he's an old timer He's been around uh, the company longer than most of these other whippersnappers. Anyway, so if you buy a book, you're going to have the choice between a hardcover version, which is suitable for gifting, a softcover version, which is an excellent uh, read for the money, uh, the uh, uh, audible version in which I will read the book to you. That's uh, only for the laziest of uh, Medicare students. And finally, you will be able to buy the Kindle version or the ebook version. If you've got a reader that accepts material that uh, Amazon sells, then you can have them download that sucker right to your device, whether it be a Kindle or something else. And that's going to cost you less than $4. And if you sit down and read that $4 purchase from cover to cover, it's going to take you much less than two hours, and you will have acquired knowledge about Medicare that other people only wish they could learn. It's uh, really a good investment for the amount of value that it provides. So go buy Medicare for the Lazy Man 2022 if you have any interest in learning about Medicare. 
And I have an interest in learning about Randy Carson. He's just sitting right on the other side of the screen. Randy, how are things going for you? Good. Good. I cannot play. I, I really cannot complain. I, you know, as you know, you've worked with me long enough to know that when I get up in the morning and it's cloudy, yes, I'm not a happy camper. Well, I've seen other things that make you complain also. So this must mm-hmm. be a red letter day when you can't come up with one reason to complain nope. about anything. No, nope. I can't dream up any reason to be unhappy today because, hey, I'm living in Arizona. It's 84 degrees. It's perfect. The sun's out. And oh, by the way, I'm running a podcast, which I think is the probably the most fun time I've ever had. Well, I've just been counting on my fingers. That's at least six reasons for you to be happy. So congratulations. A lot of people are unhappy for no particular reason. You're not one of those people. So I'm glad to have you with me on the podcast. Um, By the way, you may recall the last episode, I had a stack of headlines on uh, articles and I wanted to. I wanted to engage your expertise in choosing what might be an interesting one, and you landed on a perfect one, and that was about whether or not we should all be composted when we die. Yeah, and- it was. It was really I, that. You know, obviously, I'm a. Uh, I read a lot. I read a lot of stuff. I listen to a lot of stuff, and somehow or another, Doug. The human composting process had escaped my attention. Yes, well, now it's impermanently ingrained in your brain, <laughs> isn't it? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. I know. I don't. I just really have never. That's never popped into my head as something that would be a possibility for you know composting grandma. Uh, you know, and putting you know popping up daisies in the garden. You know, better off you know supported by grandma. But anyway, you know. Who knows what's going to come up next? Well, you know, grandma's been sucking the life out of this planet for God knows how many decades. It's time that she gives it back. So give it up, granny. We're going to throw you in. Granny, give us all that $6 worth of chemicals. (laughs) Yeah. We want some phosphorus and we want it now. Damn it. That's right. That's right. You got that right. So I've still got a pile of uh, things with attention getting headlines like betting on the golden age of colonoscopies. Private, oh, equity. <laughs> private equity is is investing in the colonoscopy game. Uh, boy, I don't know what I. You know something? We have one item here that I shouldn't ignore because it's um, the Medicare for the lazy man mailbag. It's the address to uh, the the uh, email address that we like to use for the podcast, and that's dbj at mlmmailbag.com and we have an item here it's actually two items from the a relative of a valued listener it's uh, Giovanni Regina and I thought I'd uh, deal with his questions first he wrote in and he said good morning Douglas now he got this uh, he got my name and uh, email address from his brother who is uh, Dominic Regina And both of these young Italian men live in New Jersey, and uh, they're both going to become my clients, I hope, at some point. But they're uh, an industrious sort, and they're working past age uh, 65. So, uh, well, they're they're continuing to work uh, after age 65. I'm watching my neighbors. They're going to go to Hell Dorado days in their brand-new Cadillac uh, crossover SUV, and (laughs) They're having all kinds of trouble. They got their Wild West costumes packed in the back. They've said goodbye to the neighbors. Uh, 
and uh, they the wife got in the passenger side, the husband got into the driver's side, and now I see her out trying to open the garage door, unable to use the uh, garage door uh, keypad, and so had to go to the car and try to find the button. This is a car they acquired yesterday. Try to find the button and figure out how to set the code for the garage door opener in the car. Uh, I really, I'm going to find out the next cocktail hour, what the heck confusion was going on here. But in any event, back to uh, Giovanni Regina's questions. He said, good morning, Douglas. I don't know how he knew what time of the day I was going to be reading this. Oh, it arrived at 6.17 a.m. No chance that I was going to be awake at that time. He said, after reading your book, I have a question. I will be 65 in September of 2022. I have an HSA health insurance plan at my job, and therefore I will not enroll in Part A or any other part of Medicare, as noted on page 14 of your book. My wife is of the opinion that I'm still required to register with Medicare, even though I'm not requesting enrollment. Can you shed some light on this? Is there a requirement to register with Medicare for someone in my situation? My wife is 63 and is a dependent on my health insurance plan. Thank you very much, Giovanni Regina. And I said, hello, Mr. Regina. Thank you for writing. There is no need to register with Medicare at this time. Since you have an HSA, and do not, and that stands for health savings account, by the way. And since you do not plan to enroll in Part A of Medicare, you are just fine not doing anything. Eventually, you will select a retirement date when you will leave your company plan, generally the first of a given month. Medicare will accept your application three months before that date. I hope to be able to help with your transition to Medicare when that time arrives. So then he came back with another question about uh, six months later. And he said, good morning, Doug. You are nice enough to answer a question I had a few months ago. As I noted, I plan to stay with my employer's HSA plan and will not sign up for Part A as I turned 65 in September. My follow-up question is, when I eventually sign up for Medicare, will I be subject to the lifetime monetary penalty for late enrollment as noted in Chapter 4 page 15 of your book. I like the citations. He could have been a research librarian, but obviously he's not. He's doing something um, useful for society, but I like the fact that he's being very specific about his citations. Thank you for any help you can offer, Giovanni Regina. And I said hello again. Assuming your current plan is considered creditable coverage, and your HR people can assure you of this, you will not risk a late enrollment penalty for the first eight months after you terminate from the employer's plan. The same may not be true for enrolling in a Part D prescription drug plan. I would be sure to enroll in your standalone drug plan within the first two months. Of course, prudence dictates that you minimize risk by coordinating the termination date from your group insurance plan with the start date of Medicare, your supplement, and your drug plan. What I meant there was that don't leave a lapse during which you won't have the proper insurance coverage. Make sure that when you pick your retirement date, it's far enough in the future that you can contact me for your Medicare supplement, and you can contact the government to apply for Medicare Part A and Part B. And all of that should be six months after 
six months or more after your last deposit with the HSA plan. Because if the uh, powers that be at the federal government reach into the past, they can go back up to six months to make your part, you know, make part of your Medicare plan uh, effective retroactively, then that could call into question the um, deductibility of your HSA contribution, opening you up to the possibility of a penalty. So I would say be very careful in that eventuality. You don't want to encounter the wrath of the IRS since now most of their agents are armed. So what are we doing here, Randy? Um, are we just going through the picking out these random articles? Looks like we've got some time left. I'm, uh, I we have, look. if you'd like to know exactly, Doug. I, I always want to know exactly. <laughs> we have seven minutes and 34 seconds. Well, a lot of these articles can probably uh, get dealt with in that amount of time. Um, let's see here. A $6,000 urine test. Eh, not in the mood for that right now. How about uh, can... Holy month- banana. What in the world is a $6,000 urine test? Mr. Curious. Mr. Curious. All right. I, I, I got to know. I got to know what this is all about. A $6,000 urine test, question mark? A Bay Area hospital company is sued over unconscionable fee. That's a tough word to pronounce. John, unconscionable. John Muir Health argues that claims won't stand up in court. So I guess this hospital is John Muir, M-U-I-R, Health. I think I've heard that before. It's a chain of uh, hospitals and clinics and so forth. So... This was dated October of 2022, October 4th. It's pretty recent. Savannah Thompson walked into the emergency department at John Muir Medical Center in Walnut Creek just after midnight on June 14th. She was fearing she had ingested fentanyl. (laughs) Apparently, she likes to hang around with druggies and... uh, Maybe if, I she, if she was walking, she had she did not ingest fentanyl. If right, she was she, walking, she they didn't carry her in feet first, so that would have been a good sign that she was uh, okay. But anyway, she had this fear that she had ingested fentanyl, a synthetic opiate responsible for a North American wide epidemic of fatal overdoses. In what she had been told was cocaine. Oh well, <laughs> so, so I thought it was coke, but then somebody. <laughs> Oh it's, my God! Had, that she—that's uh, bait and switch, Doug. That's absolutely yeah. bait and switch. <laughs> it really is. So anyway, uh, let's see. She. Uh, this is according to a new lawsuit accusing this hospital of fraud. The medical staff evaluated this woman, gave her the overdose reversal drug Nioxone. Oh, Naloxone. I guess it is N A L A N A L O X O N E along with intravenous fluids and an EKG and took blood and urine samples before sending her home within three hours of her arrival. After she left, the hospital company screened her urine for drugs, as it routinely does with emergency room patients. Uh, the health, uh, John Muir Health billed her $6,095 for the test, according to the suit. Wow. And this suit is seeking class action status, of course, because that's what lawyers dream about. They uh, go to sleep at night and just have sweet dreams about class action status for their lawsuits. It accuses the hospital of fraudulent fraudulent billing practices and breaking California consumer protection law. 
The fee charged to Thompson, a Contra Costa County resident, was almost 100 times Medicare's reimbursement rate of $62 for that urine test. The suit claims, adding that a, uh, as a rule of thumb for medical billing, charging up to just under one and a half times Medicare's reimbursement rate amount is considered reasonable. Of course, that's this lawyer talking. The state health department data shows that this uh, John Muir Health has been imposing an unconscionable fee of more than $5,000 for the test since at least 2018 and raising the price every year, the suit claims. The typical cost for the test in an emergency room in the region is $600 to $700, the suit alleges. So John Muir Health received more than $6,000 from Thompson's outside insurance provider and wants her to pay an additional $7,100. Boy, that's some pretty expensive cocaine that she thought might be fentanyl. Maybe next time she'll just be sure of what she's, which, what drugs she's ingesting before she runs off to the hospital and uses up a lot of resources. The laboratory, uh, the laboratory services portion of the total bill amounted to nearly $10,000, the suit alleges. In order to receive emergency services, Thompson had to sign a contract the hospital requires agreeing to pay according to regular rates and terms of the hospital, according to the suit, which is included as an exhibit, a copy of the signed contract. John Muir Health said in a statement, on Tuesday, that the costs of medical care and tests will always be lower in an outpatient setting than in an emergency room uh, or uh, hospital, uh, and that costs are where costs are higher. And those costs are higher because we must have expert physicians, nurses, and staff, as well as comprehensive services available, twenty four seven three sixty five. Federal law requires hospitals to treat patients first and discuss payment afterwards. <laughs> that's very convenient for somebody that's going to uh, charge somewhere upwards of $20,000 for a urine test. That's pretty cool. Uh, we're just adhering to federal law. <clears throat> anyway, uh, in order to stabilize a patient's condition, that's what they do. They uh, treat the patients first and then discuss the payment afterwards, which I think would give them a relapse in many cases. By law, hospitals are not allowed to discuss payment prior to treatment or give out price lists. But I thought the laws were changing in that people were being asked to give out price lists or required to give out price lists in many uh, cases. I guess maybe that's for um, uh, surgery that you arrange for ahead of time. So uh, the claims will not withstand scrutiny in a court of law, the company said. The lawsuit, in other words, won't stand up to scrutiny. Okay, well, that was pretty exciting. Uh, can a monthly injection be the key to curbing? Oh, Randy's uh, got a question. Yes, Randy. I, I just thought I would mention to the audience, I have a solution for that problem. Oh, oh boy. <laughs> which which problem? The the outrageous charge or the uh yeah, the $6,000 $6, urine test i've got a solution for that and i'm going to i'm going to follow along the path of someone who i dearly respect and love sheriff joe arpaio okay uh, i love maricopa, him too maricopa county he used yeah. to have an expression that said hey if you don't like my jail if you don't like my food in my jail stay out yeah don't come back that's right. Well, I've got a solution along the similar line. If you don't want to pay $6,000 for a urine test, 
quit taking cocaine. Right. Or at least make sure it's cocaine and don't let your little imagination run away with you when somebody tells you it might be fentanyl. Uh, yeah, you're going to know very quickly if it's fentanyl. And Yeah, you won't be walking into the emergency room. <laughs> Absolutely. They'll be dragging you by your hair. Well, listen, I want to know. Uh-oh, I just heard the crickets. I was hoping to to uh, examine uh, the golden age of colonoscopies, but I guess that's going to oh, have to wait. Oh, that, that's going to be a perfect cliffhanger for next yes. time. Yes. I want to hear about the golden age of colonoscopies because I personally – have some information I've read on the internet lately about that very topic. Well, I'm going to move it right to the top of the stack so that we don't uh, ignore it next time. And uh, it'll be ready to go. So why don't you uh, close the door on our efforts today so that we, the audience can return to their normal lives. <laughs> yeah. We, uh, during this podcast, we control the vertical and we control the horizontal. So I'm going to let you go <laughs> now, but there's a couple things we need to do first. I don't remember, you know, because I get so enthralled with the contents of the podcast. I don't remember whether we've touched on this or not, but if we haven't, I'm going to run through it very quickly. Write Doug a letter. He loves the letters. DBJ at MLMMailbag.com. Go check out the website. It's got a lot of great information. www.medicareforthelazyman.com. Get a paperback at Amazon, get an audio, get a Kindle, get anything you want. We have, through Doug's ingenuity, we have provided his information on just about every format you could think of. But there's a couple couple individuals I'd really like to point out here, Dominic and Giovanni Regina. I love you guys. I'm glad to hear you're both doing well, and I'm glad to have Giovanni joining the Medicare for the Lazy Man. Thank you very much. Bye-bye.